The following may contain offensive language, adult humor, and or content that some viewers may find offensive. The views and opinions expressed by any one speaker does not explicitly or necessarily reflect or represent those of Mark Rattledge or W2M Network. Please listen with caution or don't listen at all. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, your mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And this is The Long Road to Ruin. And joining me tonight is that sneaky snake, Jason Teasley. How do you do, sir? I'm doing good, Mark. Doing good. Um, ready to talk some wonderful special effects and some hard, <laughs> hard-hitting storylines. Uh, no, not to mention top-notch acting. Oh, by far. I mean, you know, when you get the... Now, the first first one was uh, an all star cast. Let me let me let's tell the people what we're doing. This is the Anaconda film series tonight. My uh, Anaconda, Anaconda. Don't. No, none unless you got buns. buns huh? uh. You could do side uh, bends or sit ups. Well, please okay, don't anyway. lose that butt. Uh, also known as Anacondas, is an American horror film series created by Hans Bauer, Jim Cash, and Jack Epps Jr. Produced and distributed by Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. The series began with Anaconda. In 1997, directed by Louis Losa, and was followed by one theatrical standalone sequel, Anacondas, The Hunt for the Blood Orchid, in 2004, which is directed by Dwight Little, and three television sequels, The Anaconda Three Offspring from 2008, Anacondas, Trail of Blood in 2009, both directed by Don E. Fauntleroy, she feels like a made-up name, yeah. and then finally, the crossover series that everyone wanted, uh, Lake Placid versus Anaconda from 2015, which we are not talking about tonight. We will get to that at a later date. Yeah, um, yeah, that is definitely on the schedule to to be um, reviewed, along with some other crossovers that we've we've deemed worthy of our our expertise. But this is a series that I pitched to you. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to bring that up. Reason. Like, why did you want? Why did you want to talk about the of all the movie series we could have talked about? Why Anaconda? Because of how bad, how good the premise started off with the with the all star cast of the first one, just a weak story, and just how quickly it devolved, which is pretty much the basis of the longer to ruin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely kind of starts on the road and then <laughs> right down, you know. <laughs> Right into the chasm to die, <clears throat> which I mean, uh, and I mentioned this to you in chat. If you could have took two, the actors from one and the storyline for two, you would have had one really good cohesive movie. Mm-hmm. But we didn't do that. <laughs> no. So let's talk about this first one here, Anaconda from nineteen ninety seven, and really, it's like the one that everyone knows. I don't even think people even know about these other three. No. Um, so. Uh, Anaconda from 1997 uh, stars Jennifer Lopez, and I want to say this: this has to have been Jennifer Lopez's like one of her early roles. Yeah, yeah. This was. I'm going to say this is probably one of her first five. Um, I'm looking this at her filmography their, now. Probably uh, her first dominant lead, leading leading role. Yeah. This is okay. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is her eighth 
role. Um, before this was Selena, and then uh, before that was Blood and Wine, and then something called Jack and Money Train. Um, so she, you know, she had a couple of uh, halfway decent roles between 1995 and 1997. Um, I, I, I mention it only because, like, she's a good actress now. I think, but <laughs> but back there, but in this in the early 90s, man, especially in this role, and I'm not entirely sure how she was in the others. If if they were like Selena was good. I, I can't tell you for sure if she was decent in the other roles, but um, I can tell you she's kind of sucks in this one. She is struggling yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, this, <clears throat> this is a this is a, a movie that a lot of people, like I said, I mean when you get Ice Cube's first line on screen being a title of his one one of his most recognizable songs, you know you're in for a, a interesting experience. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Ice Cube, um, <laughs> he's in this, John Voight's in this, Eric Stoltz is in this, Jonathan Hyde, and Owen Wilson. So it's like, this is not a bad cast. Like, no. for all intents and purposes, this is a strong horror movie with a really decent cast. Um, it had a budget of $45 million and it was successful. It's why, it, it, I guess, it garnered yeah. as many sequels as it did. It had a $136.8 million box office. Um, I'm trying to figure out, looking at Ice Cube, we don't need to look at the other actors. They are what they are. Um, and I, and I got to talk about John Voight's performance in this. Yes. He really does fucking carry this thing. <laughs> oh, um, yes, he does. But Ice Cube, uh, he was in Boys in the Hood in 1991, Trespass in 92, CB4 in 93, The Glass Shield in 94, and 95, Higher Learning in Friday. And I would say by 95, he's really starting to come into his own. Yeah. Um, he's in Dangerous Ground in 97, and then, and then the same year, he's in this. And he'll follow it up in 98. With the Players Club, I got the hookup, and in '99, Three Kings and Thicker Than Water, and then of course he goes on to make a zillion more movies. Um, again, I bring that up to say, Ice Cube, um, I think was a, I think has began become a strong actor. Um, I think you know he definitely learned his craft over time. I, I would say even in like Boys in the Hood, um, like he was, he he was able to tap into that energy, you know, and give give the role what it needed but he, but he struggles in this one too and, I'm, and now i'm starting to wonder if it's if it's a directing choice yeah like, that's what i was going to say um i think they did the best with what they were given mm-hmm. now now their inexperience can can contribute some but i i would beg to say that this was not a well-written movie and they was just trying to work with what they were given mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, John Voight in this movie. Wow. Um, all right, I let, know let's, we, let me, we all talked about this. Yeah. Real, so the whole plot of this thing is they're making a doc. So uh, Eric Stoltz is um, hired Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube to shoot this documentary series about this local uh, Amazonian tribe, I believe it is. And I'm doing this from memory. So if my details yeah. are off, so yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to just read the plot synopsis because it's really a simple story. They hired them to take, they, they hired a boat to take them down river to find this uh, off the beaten track tribe. And they were going to shoot a documentary about them. Along the way, they meet John Voight. John Voight um, comes across like he's trying to be helpful, but he's really like taking them on a gilded path. And what he's really, and he's a snake hunter. And what he's really yeah. after is a giant anaconda because if he can bag one of these things, it's shit tons of money. So he yeah. was essentially manipulating everybody on this boat to get him where he needs to be so that he can get the giant anaconda <clears throat> and get himself a bag, a large bag of money. Um, <clears throat> over the course of the movie, they there's a couple of different mishaps. Uh, he gets, I think, Eric Stoltz like sung by some sort of wasp or something. Um, so he's taken out of the movie for a while. They end up blowing up this dam that launches all these snakes, and that's where they come <laughs> across the anaconda. And look, and slowly but surely, the it becomes it's just, the structure of the first anaconda movie is really weird because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because like the real monster in this movie is John Voight. Yeah, uh, it's not the snake. No, the snake is sort of like you know just doing his business. 
yeah, know? it's it's like, hey, I'm just chilling in I'm, in I'm the just, deep deep right. rainforest, just living life and coming to my house and I'm hungry. I'm gonna eat you. It's like I'm not yeah. going at fault here. You shouldn't be here. I had a wall up. It was just, <laughs> I guess, it was just a um, one of those like red herrings that you want the snake to be the villain. But in, right, well, I mean, in it's, it's reality, in the title. It's anaconda. But yeah. yeah, it's it's John Voight. John Voight the entire time is like manipulating things, and he's like threatening people, and like you know, like shooting pe- shooting at people, <laughs> and he's like purposely setting them up to get eaten by this snake. You know, he's doing all kinds of shit, and and it's so funny because John Voight really does give the best performance in this entire movie. You know, he's like, "Hey, you go that way, maybe you die." Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like a mustache twirling villain in this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just waiting for him to start twirling and be like, mm, <laughs> but but yeah. it's always with but, but it's always with like this, yeah, you know, yeah, you could maybe, I don't know, yeah, passive aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hilarious. And he and if 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 not for John Voight, there's no <laughs> this this whole movie completely falls apart because again, I go back to we can talk about performances now. J Lo like is struggling with this material. Yes. Um. It- she, just like her mannerisms were like mm-hmm. she was like really robotic yeah there's some lingering shots of her on camera where like she's this is i don't know what to do with her. my hands i don't know what to do with my face i don't know what to do with my hands yeah. i have no idea what's yeah. going on here they just got her on camera because she's j-lo and she's hot i mean that that is pretty much the sweaty hot JLo on camera. I, they, I don't think, they, they I don't think, think the director be... knew how to use Ice Cube either because Ice Cube's in, like <laughs> yelling all his dialogue. You know, <laughs> I, I think they they just kind of understood Ice Cube. His resume said angry black man, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, I need an angry black man in my film to yell every line." But we're going to introduce him. Saying the title of his, that's the funniest thing of this because as soon as mm-hmm. you just see Ice Cube there and he goes and he just goes, today was a good day and you're like, really? Roll credits. We we, and it wasn't even on. If it was on the soundtrack, that would have mm-hmm. been even better. But hey, yeah, John um, Boyd was the glue that held this. I gotta go away from the camera. Just keep going for one second. Okay, yeah. But going going on this, John Boyd was the glue that held this movie together. Um. Eric Stoltz is on screen, and he absolutely, in my opinion, adds nothing to this film. Uh, J-Lo was really robotic in her mannerisms and, like, her camera presence. Not like what we we grow to see her become, of uh, being that very confident person. Uh, it's just like she was really out of her element. The dialogue was really not something that could be worked with. Um, and if you've actually sat through this movie, it is very forced dialogue. Um, the line delivery is not very on point. It is very like they're reading cue cards off camera. Uh, like we've seen Ice Cube. Ice Cube becomes a good stage presence and screen presence later on in his career. But this, we really think the director, like seeing some NWA videos, thought that Ice Cube was that was what he was good at was just angry black man yelling stuff and creating controversy um, and maybe he watched Boys in the Hood I doubt it because if so you would have seen the the gravity that Ice Cube could have brought to the film but the the film itself um, did a good job, and I'll, I'll fill Mark in when he gets back. Um, did a good job of blending the as bad as the CGI was. I mean, it was like ten thousand dollars per second to have the snake on screen, and it was supposed to revolve around the snake. But I think they did it. They tried at least to do a good job of blending the animatronic snake in with the bad CGI. Uh, but you could so, very well tell that when the animatronic snake was I, I on will, screen. I will tell you this. Since we're talking about like the snake, they when the, the close up <laughs> shots of the snake, and I think when they were using like you said the animatronic snake, I actually think those shots look good. The when animatronic it, snake looked fine. 
when it's a wide shot of the snake like coiling somebody up, ooh, PlayStation One. <laughs> I, I just uh, I said this in chat. I just imagine if uh, Winfrey watched this, his head just exploding. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's bad CGI, and then there's like incompetent CGI. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, but I, I, I want to give well, a call back. Well, again, 1997. I think they were doing yeah. the best of what they. I mean, granted, this stuff hasn't held up, but like, you know, it's 2022. We're dealing with like Avatar 2: The Way of the Water. You know, like we've come a long way since 1997. Yeah, I, I would say this, and I'm going to give a shout out to one of our previous mm -hmm. uh, shows that we done. This was Zombies level giraffes. <laughs> Um, this was zombie level giraffes, I, and, that, and I'm just going to leave it at that. So here's what I'm going to tell you: No, the the special effects in this are not good. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're talking PlayStation One level fucking CGI here. Yeah. When it when it's the snake coiling people up, so whenever the whenever the snake like unfurls or launches or curls, and they have to do like a wide and you, and they're clearly using CGI. It looks almost like cartoonish, like who frames Ryder <laughs> Rabbit. Yes, and it is. It is obvious fucking CGI. Um, however, like I said, there are some close-up snakes. Of the, there's some close-up uh, shots of the snake where, like, you can see it hissing, you can see it mouth, and you know you can see it biting, and those actually don't look that bad. Um, I mean, I think taken as a whole, it's laughable, but it's it's the kind of Anaconda, I think, and I'm re you know, it's funny, I was reading this in the Wikipedia. Um, it's become a cult classic. I, I this is a kind of movie where no one's watching it for believable CGI. They're, they're, and, no. all, and this is they're also watching it because they want to see the snake eat people. And I'll tell you, this movie clocks in at um 93 90 minutes, and it, it even at 90 minutes, it kind of takes forever to get to the anaconda. Like, yeah, it, there's a it, lot of building. <laughs> well, not only that, but I mean, like, there are like deaths and near deaths that are caused by John Voight to where, like, John Voight as the villain of this thing really, like, it may be called Anaconda, but it could have been called John Voight's character. Like, <laughs> Captain, he, Captain John Voight. Yeah, Captain John Voight. Um, just kind of close up this discussion. Like, it, this is the kind of movie you could definitely have fun with. You know, it's kind of like cheap horror. Um, I remember I actually saw this one in the theaters. This is one, the, one of the few horror movies that I absolutely saw with my friends. But is it horror? Is yes. it? Is, is it? Uh, sir, it says it right is here not. in the Wikipedia adventure horror film. It is not horror. Oh, I, do I don't want to argue with you and you get mad at me and don't talk to me for a week. So why no, is it not horror, that. Jason? Because it's not. The snake is not the villain. We've already covered that. Right, it's John Boyd. And and there's there's like no suspense when you're going to see the snake. There, I mean, it's pretty much you could go, you could sit there and watch it go. Oh, the snake's going to pop up. Oh yeah, here's where. There's no build. A horror movie, in my opinion, and mm -hmm. you know, I'll delegate to the other horror enthusiasts on the network. You got to have some suspense and some like gravitas of the the characters in peril you See, don't I, have that in this unless it's with, with john boyd <laughs> i think of it this way anaconda is essentially like a it's like a friday it's a slasher movie there, there's a monster it's and it's hunting and it's hunting people and then jennifer lopez is your final girl it is like it is a classic slasher structure it's a it's a confined setting. Uh, it's this river. They're on this boat, right? And you have John and John Voight's like the Burke character of aliens. He's like <laughs> he's like trying to take it home with him. Um, but but essentially they are being wolf. after a time, they are being stalked by this monster that's trying to kill them in the darkness. It absolutely meets the slasher structure. No, see, I don't think it meets the slasher structure. I would compare if I was gonna compare this to a horror movie. Mm -hmm. I would compare it more to Jaws. Uh, Which is hard. I mean, loosely, yes. But you have the suspense. You have mm -hmm. the suspense, the build-up of suspense. There's no build-ups of suspense. That's what I, I consider a horror movie. When mm -hmm. you actually think that the, the um, protagonists are in danger and everything, 
and you know there's some kind of suspense with the monster. Mm-hmm. The suspense, the only suspense comes from this is from John Voight's character. What, like, the, what is this the psycho mo- going to do next? Yeah, it's like he's a loose cannon. The mm-hmm. the um we we say um the uh, Chekhov's gun a lot. Mm-hmm. That is that is the snake. <laughs> it's it is it's Chekhov's gun basically. It's there for a reason. It's going to have a payoff at some point, mm-hmm. but it's not the focal point. Yeah. All right. Um, I think the last thing I, I wanted to say about Anaconda is it, whether you consider it a horror movie or not, it's still a fun movie to watch. Um, like I said, JLo doesn't act well in it, neither does Ice Cube, but they are passably hilarious. John Boy yeah. absolutely carries it. Eric Stoltz is just kind of there. Uh, <laughs> Owen Wilson has a really, like, has one really entertaining moment. When he's like on the bad guy side, <laughs> yeah, it's you like know? yeah. Owen when he's Wilson absolutely on John Boyd's side and gets killed for it, that's great. That is Owen Wilson's like best stuff. Um, but aside from that, I really don't have a whole lot else to talk about, and we have three other movies we got to get through in the next forty minutes. So let's move on to the next one, which is the Hunt for the Blood Orchid of two thousand four. Uh, another adventure horror film, regardless of what you say, directed by Dwight Little, and then it's a standalone sequel um, to the 1997 one. Uh, the film follows a team of researchers set for an expedition into the Southeast Asian tropical island of Borneo to search for a sacred flower for which they believe will bring humans to a longer, healthier life, but soon become stalked and hunted by the deadly giant anacondas inhabiting the island. So this whole premise follows the next three movies. This blood orchid thing becomes like the central plot of all three of these movies to one degree or another. Well, it gives you. This is why I said if you could take the cast of the first one and mm-hmm. and put it on this one, you would have got a better movie. Mm-hmm. Because um, this addresses why the anacondas are so big because of the blood orchid. Mm-hmm. That you you it's like hey we need an expedition dump to justify why they, these things are so big and this is where you get it um this this had a better story than the first one i feel um because you kind of was you had more of a i guess you could say a um cohesive narrative because they get shipwrecked they 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 get on this boat <laughs> And and oh, captain well, wants to take a shortcut. One second. Uh, he take go. The captain wants to take a shortcut, uh, and they're looking for this this blood orchid that is uh, going to save his pharmaceutical company um, and make them millionaires, put them back on the map because their CEOs are wanting to disband it, wanting to sell off the the pharmaceutical company. Uh, what has already been invested and try to make some money off of it. And this is a last-ditch effort um, of the, the company trying to cash in on this mythical flower that can cure all humanity. At, well, at least they think it can cure all humanity. And they go out on this go out on this boat. <coughs> takes them, says he knows a shortcut. <laughs> takes him <laughs> over over a waterfall. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Like, how did you not see the fucking waterfall there? Yeah, it's like, like I, I hey, I know this way. It's a little dangerous. Like the, that first step, it's a Lulu, but we'll be, yeah. we'll be there like two days ahead of time. It's like it, the fucking waterfall, man. Yeah, it is and well, they go over the waterfall, and of course they get marooned. Like, <laughs> why would you not get marooned over going over like a fifty foot fall? That. I honestly thought he thought he could survive the waterfall and save the boat. Like I, I, uh, like the way that that scene plays out is so hilarious to me because he's like, I have a shortcut. It's a waterfall, and he's like, but I know how to sail down a waterfall. It's fine, and it's like, nope. Everyone falls off the boat. The boat sinks. <laughs> it's kind of like if you know, if you grew up in mining your era, it was like a mm-hmm. Tex Avery cartoon in <laughs> in real life, going over a waterfall. Um, yes. Because it it pans out the just like that you went up and says, oh no. Yeah, it, it goes exactly how you expect it to go. <laughs> they go over the waterfall, and the boat just, like, is demolished. They're marooned. <laughs> and they're like, 
okay, what do we do now? <laughs> We're stranded in the jungle. Yeah, so the best thing to do is walk <laughs> through said jungle. Yeah. <laughs> well, they call, I, if I remember correctly, they, they from, so here's the whole thing. This, the, this, they have this rare flower that only blooms at a certain time of the year. And it's like, if they don't get it now, it's going to be generations before they have seven years. Yeah. Another seven years. Another seven years before they get another crack at this. And this, and like every time there's a movie like this, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this will cure AIDS. This will cure cancer. This will cure yeah. the boogie woogie flu. All of it. This, this is the most magical flower ever. This is essentially vibranium. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so we have somebody who's like, we've invested a lot of money in this. Like there is a lot of the tension is you have the one chick from Eureka and then the other like white guy. And like, She's like, look, this is lost. We have failed. We need to just yeah. get, we need to get out of the jungle where everything is trying to kill us and go home. And the other guy's like, no, no, no. We've invested too much money in this. There's no, there's no going back. We have to move forward. And there's essentially the entire tension of the movie, other than they're being stalked by a giant fucking snake. And that is in heat. Yeah. And so that's the whole thing is like the deeper they get into the, because they call they do call for help they end up getting another ship captain to come find them yeah. but then like it, as if the snake's in on it kill <laughs> him first you know like no 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 there'll be there's no escape this says the snake <laughs> you know and so he kills so he kills that guy and then it's just and then it's again it's classic horror structure classic slasher structure this this snake just snot just stalks them one by one it, like well you know it's funny you said like if you could take the cast from the first movie and put it in the second one because the second one has the better plot you're not wrong like because when this gets going it's actually in terms of like kills mm -hmm. you know, classic horror structure it's actually a better movie it's not acted well in any way shape or form no but like if you're just looking for like see the first one it was they were too long in between kills and there was a lot of shouting and screaming and carrying on in this and it rests and as much as i enjoyed john boy and we talked about that yeah. it rests too much on john boy and not enough on the snake this is all the snake this well this one this one you also did have one snake you had mm -hmm. different snakes because you come to find out that there is a breeding ball mm -hmm. of of the there's a female snake that's in heat and mm -hmm. all these giant fucking other male snakes are battling for supremacy with them as well as trying to get to this big snake orgy under the blood orchids. <laughs> right. Um, and this, like I said, this was, it was interesting because it brings in the, the human aspect of this. The human villain in this is a little bit more, discreet mm -hmm. not so up in your face because it's like when he takes the the spider and you know kills john diggle from arrow with his massive nostrils um <laughs> i wasn't john diggle that was more stressed on was it uh, the, uh, yeah. the john diggle was in this too was there okay. two black guys no, I know no, no, no. Yeah, okay, there's two so black there, guys in this. There's the comedy relief guy, and then there's Morris Chestnut. Morris Chestnut's the one that gets killed with the spider. Well, John Diggle's the other black guy. Yes. No, the John, massive... Diggle is not, John Diggle is not in this movie. Yes, he is. No, he's not. I'm looking at the cast list. It's Johnny Mesner, who plays, you know, smoldering McWhisper. Katie uh, Strickland, uh, who's the, the blonde. Uh, Matthew Marsden is, I believe, the kid... Who's like like the lead doctor dude? Eugene Bird is, I believe, the you know the comic relief black guy. Um, uh, Sally Richardson Whitfield is the chick from Eureka. Morris Chestnut oh. is Gordon Mitchell. And you have um, Carl Yoon is Tran Wu. Nicholas Gonzalez is Doctor Ben Douglas, and then Andy Anderson is John Livingston. I'm 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 on IMDb now because no John, John Diggle. Diggle. John Dingle from Arrow is on this. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. And yes, all three actors have played character in DC Comics. Um, Andy Diggle. Okay. Moving on. Um, so, yeah, but like what I said, once this thing ramps up 
and we get to where the snake is attacking them, like it is just all snake attacks. It is all people screaming and running for cover and getting killed by snakes. It's fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, um, it's it's great. <coughs> um, the acting is not great in this movie. <laughs> not even and close. The, and the CGI is like you didn't you could you would think like as time would go on and march forward, the CGI would get better. It does not. Like by the time this series is done, the CGI is so bad, it's so laughable that it, it's just comical. It um, is. It is. Um, but, you know, this it's it's such a weird thing because like they clearly made a sequel because the first one was successful. They couldn't get the, anyone from the cast back. Well, they killed almost everybody, but they couldn't get JLo and Ice Cube back. So they started all over again with a new cast. But this is like the C team. You know, this is television actors and people who don't normally get like lead roles in a movie. And this was a theatrical feature too. Um, so this thing made twenty to twenty five. This thing on a budget of twenty five, twenty to twenty five million dollars made seventy one million. I mean, this this was successful. People went out to go see the stupid thing. Oh yeah. Um, this this was there was a reason why this one was the last theatrical release. Um, yeah. One, because sci-fi brought the rights to it. Mm -hmm. um, but this one had a lot of promise to it. It had so much promise. Because you had the the um, different snakes that, mm -hmm. you know, you wasn't focused on one main anaconda. And it's funny because an anaconda is nowhere in the promotional pictures. It's actually a python. Mm -hmm. and that's what's funny about this, is they use python pictures. But anyway, I digress. But the um, the fact that you had all these, you could have seen a lot more of the snakes kind of battling for supremacy and like kind of had a third person view of it with the, uh, the protagonist. And that would have gave you a little bit more weight on the what they're what they're up against mm -hmm. to get to this. But you don't see the the massive amount of snakes and anacondas until they get to the the um, actual cliff where the blood orchids are. But this is, if this could have came first with that cast, you would have, and they could have fleshed it out because you could have combined these two first two movies and made a really good movie. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of this was a lot of exposition dump as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say you probably could have cut 30 minutes out of this movie if you remove the expedition dump um, about, oh, the blood orchids is what is what helps the snakes mutate and mm -hmm. run into this and make believe spiders that doesn't don't exist that cause stone paralysis. And, and you're like, OK, this and it's so funny because when they catch the spider, you're like, OK, that's going to come back here. Hey, message pay attention to this and it's like and you you go through this movie the acting i guess the acting was a little bit better than the first one with mm -hmm. the less lesser cast so the writing i so that's what makes me believe the writing was a little bit better but this was this was bad and like you said we we see the the fact that you know this is seven years in the future you think CGI would get better? No, and it does not. That and that, it looks that needs it looks a like quick paint. discussion. That needs like a quick discussion. Um, so again, we talked about how when they would do a wide shot of the first snake in Anaconda, it looked it looks like PlayStation One graphics. We already said that. So this one, I don't even think even the close up shots are good. Like, I don't think they no. use any animatronics at all. I think this they is did. all CGI, and it all looks like fucking Roger Rabbit. This looked like <laughs> really this bad. looked like this looked like a um, a storyboard, mm. a, a very early storyboard, and they was doing the storyboard for it. And when they got the shotting, they was like, "Okay, what's our budget?" And they said five dollars, and they said, "Shit, yeah, okay, we're going with what we have." And they just yeah. put the snake in. <laughs> yeah, this looks like like hand drawn animation at times. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. Um, but I'll tell you, it's not the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen. Number one, number two, this is no, another Darkland one exists. Have, the, the, there's another one. Oh my God, there's another, <laughs> this is another one that you could at least have fun with. 
This is also going to be the last time you have fun with this series because it fucking oh. really takes a dive after after this one. Yes, like the only thing, that, and let's just move on to it because you know we're we're, we're past the halfway point now. So, Anaconda Three Offspring, um, 2008 American Heart television film directed by Don E. Fauntleroy, which stars David Hasselhoff. Which, real quick, David Hasselhoff is the only thing good about this movie. He's fucking great in this. He's such a dick. He's such a great villain in this yeah. movie and he you know and it's so funny he's so hard like tr hard trying hard to play like this really menacing guy and he's not doing it well and it's awesome uh, yeah it's, it's like, like somebody he's like too charismatic somebody, to be evil <laughs> well somebody mentioned we, robert and i talked about this on tuesday or monday rather when we talked to pinocchio we were like somebody watched somebody uh chris ford i think it was um review or uh, got a screener for avatar 2 the way the water and um and what he said was like this movie was written so poorly and it's so dumb and i can't wait to see it again because it's like that stupid oh. like, you know it's 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 like stupid past the point of entertaining um to where you're like oh my god i'm having so much fun with how dumb this movie is that's kind of how david hasselhoff's performance is I'm having so much fun yeah. with how bad this is that it's wildly entertaining. And it honestly is about the only thing entertaining about this movie. Oh, no. The the fact that, you know, you have an anaconda that now has um, hybrid uh, mm -hmm. venom that and, yeah. and, a, um, and a scorpion stinger tail and teeth, because, mm -hmm. you know, that makes sense. This movie was horrible. I mean, this one was, and again... The CGI got worse from the second one. This yeah. CGI was was so bad. Oh god! Sorry. So here's your cast. Aside from David Hasselhoff, you also have Crystal <laughs> Allen. Oh, like God bless her. She's trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a whole lot here. Uh, Ryan yeah. McCluskey, Patrick Regis, Anthony Green, uh, John Reese Davis. John Reese Davis. He was in the Lord of the Rings movies. He's in <laughs> Indiana Jones for Christ's sake. He's better than this. Like is is he is he Mark? He should be, yeah. But maybe <laughs> maybe he just need a payday. Maybe he was just like, hey, look, you know, Hasselhoff called me, needs a favor. Why not? <laughs> so this premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel on July twenty sixth, two thousand eight, and this is absolutely like television fucking budget, man. So this takes place in Romania, um, and so on an a farm. An anaconda that was captured from the Amazon River is being held at a genetic research facility owned by Wexel Hall, which is the you know, which might might as well be fucking uh what is it? Umbrella. What, uh, umbrella, yeah, or like Watani, whatever it is in aliens, yeah. uh evil corporation, etc. Yeah. Uh for experimentation where Professor Eric Kane has developed a serum from from for the blood orchid. Um, the research project is led by Dr. Amanda Hayes and funded by Peter JD Murdoch. A well-known industrialist. And it goes on and on and on. It's essentially the fucking snake gets out and just, like kills everybody. And this yeah. is yet another situation where you know the good guy wants to kill the snake, but the bad guy wants to take it home with them. And yeah. therein lies the tension. And everyone dies. And like the blonde makes it out alive, but that's about it. Yeah, that that's that you just summed up this entire movie. Um, yes, mm -hmm. this this was this was a very low point. This was very a sharp. I, was say, I think the one it's called offspring because like this thing mates or something it, and, it's, you know, it it's pregnant yeah yeah it's pregnant you, mm -hmm. you they find out that it's pregnant after it gets how do you that's like that's like taking a pregnancy showing your bump and then taking a pregnancy test how do you not know a snake's pregnant <laughs> you know it's been in captivity you know is it asexual did it how how did it how did it breed did one of the, did that scientist sneak in there with some some get some freaky deaky <laughs> snake oil. Oh, we don't know. Yeah, but yeah, this is this is bad. This there's nothing good to say about this outside of Hasselhoff's performance. The mm. CGI, like I said, the CGI got worse, uh, and it's like I was really waiting for you know when it showed the snake, just like a white piece of paper with a snake on it, just to appear. <laughs> uh, like someone just like waving the don't tread on me flag. No, this is this is what I remember. You remember me? Uh, this is going back. Velocipaster. Mm -hmm. I remember Velocipaster. You remember the like it was in the first thing, and it shows the insert CGI yeah, scene. Yes, <laughs> the the ins effects. 
Yes, insert special effects here. Mm-hmm. That is what this remind. If that mm-hmm. would, if that would have popped up, it would not have surprised me. No, you know, and I would have laughed. Just, can we talk about the Sci-Fi Channel for just a moment? How the Sci-Fi Channel really specialized in silly, either natural phenomena <laughs> or animals, or, or both, both. <laughs> 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 or, or or supernatural creatures, or both. Like just being unloaded on some small town somewhere and it looking awful, but it being so much fun to watch. And and I think like they took a big swing with Anacondas 3 for that, where it's like, like we have this great premise. This movie worked twice in the theaters. People will sit home on a Saturday night and watch the sci-fi movie Anacondas. And here's the thing. I don't think they knew what they had with this. I don't, you know... This needed to be silly. Like, oh, when, yeah. I think, when I think about Sharknado, zombie tidal wave. I was getting bananas, ready to mention that. The banana splits movie. Like, there is an element of silly that yeah. goes into any one of these sci-fi horror movies. And everyone has fun with those. So, like, you, you got to hit the pitch just right. It has to be just enough silly to make your audience have fun with this. Because it... I think this one took itself way too seriously. I think this tried to take itself serious mm-hmm. and it totally missed the mark. And like you said, missed, missed the premise that they had uh, with what they was doing mm-hmm. because sci-fi is basically funded by the Sharknado movies. I mean, <laughs> the, and, and that's not a bad thing because there's like, and I'm still trying to talk you into doing them. Um, there's enough of them and enough content there that it just goes, it's just so over the top. It's just so funny. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we, you gotta, you gotta have this. This reminds me, you know, me and you do like B side movie reviews. This reminds me of like the, what should have been like the Toxic Avenger mm-hmm. series. Right. That's, they could have went this route and you just been enjoyed just something to kick back late on a Saturday night, you know, USA up all night when we grew up. And just mm-hmm. enjoy this and not not take it seriously. Just take it at face value. But no, they they wanted to make this a hard-hitting horror movie. Right. And, and David Hasselhoff is like best. smoldering menace to him. And it's like, no, yes. David Hasselhoff. Like, get in, your, get in your car, your Knight Rider car, and drive around and hit snakes with it. That's exactly. That, that would have worked. Yeah. Um, all right. I think there's nothing more left to be said about fucking Anaconda no. Offspring, Offspring. But I'll tell you, this story is not over. This is this is part one of a two part series. Oh God. <laughs> I, I fought sleep on this one. Yeah. Up next is Anaconda's Trail of Blood, uh, also known as Anaconda Four, 2009 horror thriller television film. Donnie Fontley, starring Crystal Allen, Lynn Nashby, John Reese Davies, back for. Dude, he has the best fucking death, by the way. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll get to it in a second, but this was intended as a backdoor pilot for a potential television series of the same name, but no series was ever produced. So this this follows up with um, what happened in the last movie, and actually, like, the cold open is essentially, like, the scientist working on it, and, like, the snake, like, rawr, you'll never get away with it, Kappa, and, like, kills <laughs> him. <laughs> and so John Reese davies is like, hey... We lost our scientists out there, and he like sends like a mer- mercenary to go get. Yeah, him. it's mercenary. Um, he says, like, "Okay, go back and get my flower because I'm dying of bone cancer, and I need it. To, <laughs> I need the serum to regenerate. So go get it and kill anyone that's around there. Like there's some, and there's some blonde mucking about. <laughs> <laughs> and this pretty much reminds me of um, the Wolverine. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the second, the it's like." We need, we need this. We need this serum to cure me, but and then come to find out that it doesn't work on mammals. <laughs> okay. No, he he gets cured right away. He just dies shortly thereafter. Um, so the whole thing with this movie is like there's like another group out there and they're running around and there's this. <laughs> so there's this. I guess it's an anaconda. I'm not really sure what this uh. thing is anymore. But okay, so they killed. They killed the mama in, in part three. And in part four, we're dealing with the offspring. The offspring are like loose and running. And the whole right. thing that the blonde, the whole thing with the blonde was we can't just leave these snakes running loose to kill people. We got to deal with this. 
And Don Reese Davies is like, no, the fuck we don't. I just want the serum. I don't really care. And that's kind of the whole tension of the thing. Yeah, Because on, on three, you see they take one of the offsprings and put it mm-hmm. in a burlap sack and he drops right. away. Right. I, and that's how it ends. And you, mm-hmm. you're like, okay. But then you get this one and you're like, no, that's why. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's very, <laughs> this is, this is very bad. Um, <laughs> But so, yeah, so a lot of this is like oscillating between the mercenaries and this group and the blonde, and eventually they all meet <laughs> up, and eventually the snake attacks. And my god, the snake attacks in this are hysterical. Yes, like honestly, we're out of actors that give any kind of halfway decent performance, we are out of we're out of you know charismatic funny things that kind of keep you moving along at this point all that's left is hilariously bad snake kills to the oh. point where my favorite one though my, my actually my favorite kill in this entire thing is the guy who knows he's going to get eaten so he like pulls out two grenades and the snake's like i see what you're doing and fucks off and he blows himself up that yeah, was great. That was the high point of the movie for me. It's like the snake is self-aware. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I, I see. And it's like, and it's funny because snakes cannot see directly in front of them. They sense right. movement, peripheral. They cannot see see in front of them. Mm-hmm. And go, we're just going to bounce back to part three real quick. Uh, did you not laugh when you had the predator reference in part three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my and, god, snake vision in these movies is great. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then the fact that she's covered in mud and the snake can't see her, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> that, that makes two what plus two does not make four in this. <laughs> what, but what yeah, this here? this last this last movie, um, it it was I didn't think it'd get worse than three. Mm-hmm. I was proven wrong. Um this not only cratered. But but it went it went through to China, um, yeah. Because this is this is very bad. Eh. So all right, so let me talk about it now because it's really the only other thing worth talking about yeah. in this movie. John Reese Davies is fucking great. So John Reese Davies like personally shows up. Like we have your serum, we have your cure. He's like great. I'm about to die. So he bargains with the good guys. He was like, give me my serum and I just won't kill you. You can leave. And they're like, fine. But the snake's like, here, you're going to die. He's like, I'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's okay. They're like, all right, whatever, dwarf. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they leave. They they fucking get in the car. And they're like, get out of here. All the getting's good. John Reese Davies takes the serum. And he has this great moment of like, ah, I'm cured. He's like spinning. He's singing in the rain. He's having a grand old time. And like two minutes later, the snake's like, hi. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed your nice new bones because you're about to die. And like, and the fa- the fucking face on John Reese Davies is so like, again, he's like a big time actor. And I'm not entirely sure he knew how to act, how to act opposite a green screen. You know, like it's a like, book or whatever it was they did. It's like their, vi- their line of vision <laughs> mm-hmm. was non-existent. It's like they was looking all over the place. It was like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. there was no the who. But that being said, I, I'm glad that this this is the 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 um, stop point for us thus far mm-hmm. until we get to the the what I expect to be an amazing crossover. Yeah, so we're gonna do the Lake Placid series at some point next year, and then eventually we'll do Anaconda versus Lake Placid because we have to. Um, and so that's it. That is our coverage of the Anaconda series. You know, some long road to ruins are two and three hours, and some don't even last an hour because what or did you really do? Look, it would be a crime against podcasting to spend more than an hour on this series. It really would. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. All right. So uh, with that being said, uh, this past week, we did Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, this weekend, um, we're re- re-releasing our Die Hard uh, movie, uh, our Die Hard Long Road to Ruins. Um, those are those are Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday night, we'll be doing Avatar The Way of the Water. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, that'll be on Damn You Hollywood. 
Uh, we'll be re-airing our Gremlins Long Road to Ruin on the 21st. And then Thursday night, uh, the history of boxing is back. We'll be doing, Gavin will be with us. We'll be doing Diego Corrales versus Jose Luis Castillo from May 7, 2005. It's like one of the few things left on Earth Gavin still likes. So <laughs> that That is... That is probably true. I mean, there's there's not much that Gavin likes. No. Um, all right. You got anything in the in the pressure cooker there for you? Oh uh, well, we just released a new episode of uh, Cheap Seats over on Mosaic Media, uh, Mosaic MC uh, across all platforms. Uh, definitely go check it out. Um, and I want to commend you on your nice attire tonight. Uh, that is. That is a very lovely shirt that you are sporting tonight, good sir. <laughs> that is the throwback to our Black History Month show where we reviewed Pootie Tang. That is, and Pootie Tang is great. Um, we should see a Pootie Tang versus Anaconda. You know, like the snakeskin. Could belt. you imagine, like the snake, like goes to like attack, like uncoil and attack Pootie Tang? He just like hits it with the belt. <laughs> and it's got to be a snakeskin belt too. You know, it'd be even funnier if like Pootie Tang, like the snake, just like launches itself at Pootie Tang and he does like a what's ah and like the snake just turns into like belts and just turns into a belt and boots. Uh yeah apparently <laughs> turns into a turns into belts, boots and uh and like a hat. Yeah like a snake skin hat. <laughs> big and, big snake skin top hat. And then, and then at the end of it you just you just see a plane landing and Samuel L. Jackson steps down <laughs> and you fade to black. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about yeah. the Avengers. <laughs> no, I don't want these motherfucking snakes on my oh. motherfucking plane. Sorry, I didn't know what reference we were going with. All right, anything else, Jason? If not, we're gonna nah, get out of here. Nah, man. If if you want some mindless uh, background movies, uh, definitely check these out. I mean, um, the first one I found free. Um, two I had to pay for. Three was on Crackle. And I can't remember where I watched four. Yeah, three and I, I watched three and four on Crackle, um, and I think the first two I rented off of Amazon. Yeah, so I no, only oh, had to rent the, the first one I watched on Hulu. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say one of them was I only paid for one of them. Yeah, one of um, <coughs> Anaconda's on Hulu. Blood Orchid is um, you have to rent it. Uh, I, I watched Amazon. it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, and the other the other two I watched uh, on Crackle. All right, thank yeah. you for joining us on this uh, abbreviated edition of Long Road to Ruin. For Jason Teasley, the Sneaky Snake, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.